You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good morning, everybody. I hope you guys are doing well. I'm going to raise this a little bit, get started here. Um, We're talking about spiritual and physical wellness. But before we get started, I just want to say uh, thank you to Steve and Jackie for their friendship. You guys have great people serving you guys here in the South Bay. And uh, they are just wonderful, wonderful people. And Jackie's right. They keep it real. We had dinner last night and uh, we were talking about we were talking about a lot of different. I won't share everything we were talking about because they keeps it real. You know what I'm saying? And but it was it was. Just refreshing, just to be able to uh, talk with them and to catch up again, and it's just um, we're just grateful to be able to serve in this way. And we're talking about spiritual wellness, and I want to dedicate it to my dad. Uh, my dad's 80 years old. You know, it's Black History Month, and a lot of people talk about historical figures that have impacted their lives. This is my historical figure. I don't think he'd appreciate being called history, but... <laughs> you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, Judge not a man by the color of his skin, but by the context, content of his character. And every time I see my dad, you know, I talk to my dad, and, and we, we, we go way back, and we've had our ups and we've had our downs, but that, that second quote, it's only when you grow up and step back from him or leave him for your own home, it's only then that you can measure his greatness and fully appreciate it. And my dad's 80 years old, and he's made a decision to really take care of his own health. And so uh, I wanted to de- dedicate this to him, uh, just a man that has had incredible impact in my life. I don't know if he's watching because it requires some sort of technology stuff, but uh, he may watch it on video later. But why wellness? Why now? And the reason is... Oh, that's what I want to do. I want to do a disclaimer before I get started. So why a disclaimer? Because whenever we start talking about health and wellness, and we all have our filters. We all have our hurts. We all have our history. I can remember when I was about 10 years old, when your, when your hormones are all crazy as a little kid, you know. I used to be really skinny, and then at 10 years old, I started getting a little chubby. And I can remember one of my mom's friends coming over and says, hey, you're getting fat. Scarred me. Anybody can, can anybody relate? Okay. It really, it, it, it created a filter through which I saw everything. How I saw myself, how I heard about health, how I heard about, you know, dieting, how I heard about, you know, if you're skinny, if you're big, if you're this or you're that. And I just want to acknowledge we all have our filters. So when we talk about spiritual and physical wellness, the real challenge is to hear past those filters and to grab onto something that can help us be the healthiest that we can be. Now I want to be clear, this is not a message about fitting into a certain size gene or fitting into a certain size mold. God created us all shapes and sizes. This is about taking control of our health both spiritually and physically. Where we end up with that, that's between you and God. But as we look at some scriptures that, is, that have really helped me, because I think the last time I was here, I think I was 50 pounds heavier. 
because I got a conviction about the Scriptures, and it's not about the weight. It's about being healthy. And so I just want to throw that out there because, again, it's very easy for us to throw those filters up there and say, oh no, here's another sermon telling me that I'm not what I need to be. Here's another sermon telling me that I'm not good enough just the way that I am. Let me just start with this. If you are perfectly happy with your health and where you are, don't even listen to the rest of this sermon. If you know that there are things that you can do to be healthier, both spiritually and physically, then I want to encourage you to listen to at least something from this sermon. I have been on the receiving end of sermons and getting up saying, you've got to weigh this and you've got to weigh that, and leaving feeling horrible and feeling hopeless, feeling like it's too much. I've been there. I've done that. And I don't want this sermon to be something like that. But you've got to be able to listen past your filters. Why wellness? Why now? As a black man, there are things that affect me more than it affects other races. Diabetes, asthma, sarcoidosis, lung cancer, strokes, high blood pressure, cancer. For me, this is a reality. For my dad, it's a reality. For many of you, it's a reality. You know, we spend a lot of time, and, and there's a quote that I'll get to, a lot of time we spend on a lots of things, taking care of lots of things. But there's one thing that will take you out, and that's your health, both spiritually and physically. So, as I was sharing with Steve and Jackie, this, this message, I pray, is very practical I pray it can be very helpful. And I want to start with this big question. And this whole series was um, inspired by a book called Today Matters by John Maxwell. Anybody read it? It's a great book and it goes through 13 different areas of your life where you could make a decision today to impact your tomorrow. Now, it was a more like a leadership book, but I kind of adapted it to apply to things that are spiritual. And this is one of those things about the areas about being healthy, both spiritually and physically. And, it's, and they always have big questions and have big decisions. And that sheet that's available to you a- afterwards is about um, really making a big decision that we'll talk about a little bit later. But I just have one question for you. Are you being intentional when it comes to your spiritual and physical wellness? I'm not asking if you have quiet times in the morning. I'm not asking if you pray. Because if we're striving to serve God and love God, I'm assuming those things happen. I'm not even asking if you eat or don't eat. Because I'm assuming if you're here, you've eaten at some point in your life. The question is, are you intentional? Anybody ever go to the movies? Get that big bucket of popcorn? Halfway through the movie, you're like, I got to get a refill. And you ask yourself, who ate all my popcorn? It's sort of like that mindless type of eating. And we can go through life with our health 
both spiritually and physically, mindless and not intentional. So this lesson is about being intentional in our health, both spiritually and physically. Because there's a video that I want to show you. It's called The Slight Edge that I believe speaks to the decisions that we can make, the little decisions that we make every day that can absolutely impact our tomorrow. Do you ever have a choice between a glass of soda or a glass of water and you pick the soda because, well, if you have a glass of soda today, it's not like you're going to wake up overweight and unhealthy tomorrow. That's basically how we all like to think that somehow success only comes from doing huge, important things right. You're going to only buy kale for your house at some point and become ultra healthy, but until then, it's not like drinking this one soda will all of a sudden make you this unhealthy person in one day. So you have this big paradox. On one hand, you're right. The little decision doesn't really matter. This one decision won't really affect your health in any significant way. But on the other hand, it's really the only thing that matters because in a year, you'll be the result of your every little decision compounded. So in essence, every little decision matters. And these little things are easy to do. When you're on your lunch break tomorrow, you can make the choice to drink water instead of soda. Anyone is capable of doing that. But since it's easy to do, it's also easy not to do and just order the soda. But what if you decide to do this little thing right? You won't be any healthier the next day, but after a year of drinking water instead of soda every lunch, you would see huge health benefits from it. And you can apply this to anything. What if you just read 10 pages of a good book every night before you go to bed? Anyone could do that. That's a pretty easy thing to do. But since it's pretty easy to do, it's also pretty easy to just ignore it and not do it. If you read 10 pages tonight, it's not like you will wake up this smart, enlightened person tomorrow. But what about a year from now? That's like 15 books. 15 good books could literally turn you into a completely different person. What if you do this for four years at college while everyone else around you doesn't read the 10 pages because it's not like they're going to be any better the next day? That's like 60 books. 60 good books could put you ahead of every single one of your friends, whether that be related to finances, relationships, or just overall happiness. So again, you have this paradox. On one hand, you can fall for the unsuccessful mindset of, well, it's not like this little decision matters, but in reality, the little decisions that we make is all that matters. Every little decision of yours will be compounded at the end of the year, and who you are will be the result of it all. Now, here's the thing. I think it's just human and okay to indulge in things. I do it all the time. It's not like I'm this little robot who does everything quote-unquote right. But I'm at least more aware of how I think about the little things. I have a vision of who I want to be in a year. And I ask myself with every little decision, is this going to move me closer to that person or not? And the answer isn't always yes, but at least I'm aware of it. And at least I try to align more of my little decisions with that vision. And the more I can answer yes, the more I realize that I'm closer to being that person at the end of the year. But the surprising realization for me has been how many times the answer is no. 
No, this isn't moving me to where I want to be in a year. And this is perhaps the most important lesson of the slight edge. A huge lesson of taking responsibility for where you are in your life. When you get to the end of the year and you're unhealthy, having been conscious about all your little decisions will at least make you realize why you're unhealthy. You're no longer going to blame your poor health on how your job didn't pay you enough to eat healthy. You're going to realize that it's because you decided to buy the soda over the free water every single day at lunch. It's because you decided to buy the more expensive bag of cookies instead of buying the cheaper bananas every time you went shopping. Verse 30, and you can just look on the screen. It says, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he answered, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You know, everything is connected. And that's something that we have to get through our, our, our hearts and our minds, our souls and everything, is that everything is absolutely connected. And from that video, you see that the one decision I make today, it won't impact me necessarily tomorrow, but in a year, it's connected. And if the only thing that you take away from this sermon is, my choices matter. You've taken away something huge. If you take away, it's within my control. It's my responsibility to be spiritually and physically healthy. And you've taken away the right lesson. I'm going to bring my wife up here right now to share just about this concept, how everything is connected. And again, those are all her credentials, so she's, she's pretty connected. Hold on, where's the... Don't yell. Say that for me, honey. I don't yell at you. Speak loudly sometimes. Good morning. Good morning, church. Um, everything is connected. And I think that's something that we know intellectually, harder to maybe put into practice. And, you know, when, it, when we talk about our health, I think many times we buy into that belief that health is just basically the absence of disease. But health is so much more than that, and especially for those of us who call ourselves disciples of Christ. Because you can eat well, and you can exercise, and you can even get adequate rest. But if you hate your neighbor, you are not healthy. If you have an unresolved conflict, you are not healthy. So it's not about just looking fit, but it's about being fit mentally, spiritually, emotionally. It's not about just looking healthy. It's about being healthy. And that takes, like Delano said, a lot of intention. And, you know, last year when the Marichis had us out, I actually was really, really, really sick. And I don't even think I knew the extent of my sickness. 
Um, a few months before we were out, I had minor leg surgery, and um, it was to repair a really bad, bad and, and messed up vein in my leg. And that surgery left me with a staph infection. And we're like, yeah, staph infections aren't good, right? It gets worse. Um, so in order to try to cure the staph infection, I was giving medication, but I don't think the medication I was given really truly treated the staph infection. Long story short, I ended up with cysts in my leg and a very, very bad bacterial infection called rare pseudomonas. It was really bad. And I was kind of like going to traditional doctors and some of the best specialists, and I just kept getting sicker and sicker. And, you know, one of the things that finally dawned on me, it's like, things are not separate. My physical state definitely took its toll on my emotional state and took a toll on my spiritual state. And it didn't have to, but I think God allowed me to get that sick to show me that I wasn't as strong spiritually as I wanted to believe. Because I always thought that I was kind of the girl that could pull yourself up by her bootstraps. You know, like, it's it's all good. I, I'm going to have the right outlook. I know what to think. I know how to feel. God's in control. No, no, no. I was the one like, I can't do this anymore. This is unfair. I'm trying to do everything right. We're going into debt, trying to figure this out. I don't understand. Just, God, tell me the lesson you want me to learn so this can pass. And, you know, one of the things I realized is that my walk with God... I wasn't as mature as I wanted to think spiritually. I wasn't as healthy as I wanted to believe spiritually. Delano has a term he calls consumer Christianity. It's basically where you have this mindset, well, if I do A, then I should get B. That what we do, we do because we kind of expect things to go for our good or what we consider to be good. And... I would have never in a million years said that that was me, but that was me. I've been faithful all this time. I'm doing everything right. I have these credentials. I should be in a different spot. You know what? When I started to really, really study my Bible, I realized Jesus said, come follow me. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. He didn't say, come follow me and you're going to get better homes and gardens. He didn't say, come follow me and your health is going to be great. He didn't say, come follow me and you're going to have financial peace. He didn't say, come follow me and all your relationships are going to work out. You're going to have this awesome marriage. He says, come follow me and I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. And, you know, it it had me think about the scriptures that talk about suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. And I realized, and I don't think that this is a newsflash, but I don't like to suffer. <laughs> Even as a fitness instructor, my idea of physical suffering is a hard hour-long workout. That's about it. But I know that it's going to end. I don't like to suffer and not know when it's going to end. I don't want to just keep on keeping on for the sake of keeping on. But you know what? That's what it's going to take for me to be like Christ. That's what the scripture says. It says suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope it's it's a journey and you know what if in this lifetime i had to get to the point a brother asked me he says what if you never get better and i was like i don't like that i feel like that's being hopeless you have faith issues don't you put that evil on me ricky bobby i was like 
He is speaking in tongues. Like that is get get behind me, Satan. But you know what? I really had to wrestle with that one as well. It was like I may never get better. So does that mean that I'm never going to be joyful? That I'm not going to have hope? That I'm not going to glorify God? That our circumstances don't determine who we are. It's really our relationship with God that determines who we are. And you know what? When I said Jesus is Lord, it was, I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything. And I think many of you said the same thing. It's not about our circumstances. It's not about financial peace. It's not about our health. It's about constantly striving to be more and more like Christ and glorifying him in our lives. And so... Um, I am going to the doctor this month, the beginning of the month. I found out that there was no signs of having a bacterial infection anymore. So we'll see what God continues to do in my life. But I do know and trust and believe that the scriptures say I need to rejoice in my suffering. Not because it's fun, but because when I am weak, he is strong. Yeah, I chose well. Amen. God is awesome. Everything's connected, right? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Just for time's sake, just look up on the screen. Therefore, this this was a passage of Scripture that really changed my life because my journey with my health started about the same time my wife's journey with her health. She changed everything. She changed how she ate. She changed uh, the things she put into her mouth. And I remember my journey started off teasing her like, seriously, you're going to eat that? I'm going to eat this. I'm going to eat this. You know, and I wasn't very supportive. And after a while, I decided I would, would support her. And there's where my journey started. But this passage of scripture was huge for me. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. In other translations, it's your reasonable worship. And this particular passage of Scripture convicted me because my motivation for my health was anything but the gospel of Jesus Christ. How I looked at myself spiritually, physically, anything was really about how I felt about myself and how I looked in the mirror and everything like that. It wasn't about in view of God's mercy. My filter was established at 10. But as a disciple of Jesus, it needs to be established at the cross. Now again, I'm not talking about size. We know what we do. Do we treat our bodies and our spirituality like it belongs to us or it belongs to God? The other passage of Scripture that changed my life. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Are you, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, I know in both of these passages of scriptures, it's not referring to your physical appearance. I know that. I know that the first one is really talking about making sure that everything we do in our lives is there to the, to the glory of God, is there for his service. I understand that. 
I understand that 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is talking about starting about uh, sexual immorality and making sure that we glorify God in, in our bodies and making sure that we understand that we are to just do anything, but we are to serve God in everything. But what hit me was this. There were pockets in my mind and in my heart and in my life where I owned myself and God didn't own me. There were areas in my life where I actually believed it was about me. And it convicted me. I had asked this question to myself. Are you honoring God with your health that is within your control? Now, why is that important? Because disease is real. Health conditions are real. There are people that suffer not because of anything that they have done, but maybe because God has allowed things to happen or something has happened. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about what's within our control. I'm talking about what we decide on a daily basis. And I remember thinking to myself, uh, uh, just rationalizing a lot away. Let's put it that way. Anybody rationalize things away? If you say it really slowly, you begin to understand why rational lies are not good. I'm just big bone. I, you know, I want to look athletic. In Tallahassee, where we were from, uh, we lived 10 years in Tallahassee. You know, my, the weight that I was carrying and everything like that, I looked like, you know, a former athlete. I looked like a coach, right? So that's okay. I look like a coach. Move closer to the West Coast. I don't look like a coach anymore. <laughs> Wanted to go back to the East Coast. This is the one that sealed the deal. Those two got the ball rolling. This is what sealed the deal. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Is there any aspect of our lives? Now, this goes into the spiritual health. Is there any aspect of your life that you know when you are by yourself, when you are before the Lord, you know that it's not glorifying to God? If there is an area of your life, and I don't care, that's from purity to finances to how you raise your kid to how you treat your spouse, to how you treat your neighbor, to how you do your work, to where if you're on Facebook at work rather than working, if you're on your phone rather than working, taking paper clips from the office, I don't know what it is. But is it glorifying to God? See, this is where the rubber meets the road and this is where it gets hard. Everything, how I drive, I'm sorry, it says, whatever you do. That, that's what my Bible says. I don't know what your version says. Maybe, maybe your version is the O-P-I-N-I-O-N version. Did I spell opinion right? This is about physical and spiritual wellness, not spelling correctly. Okay, whatever you do. What does not fall into that category about our lives? And the, the tough thing about preaching this is that, especially at your home church, everybody knows your life. Doesn't make it untrue and it doesn't make it less real. What it does, it produces more urgency to make sure that things you do are for God. So here's 
where my journey began. I'm in a relationship with food and it's complicated. So my wife started eating healthy and everything like that. I started to support her and everything like that. So I would eat the healthy food as, as well as all the other food I liked. Now, see if you can relate. And you may or may not be able to relate. And by the way, the timer never started, so I have no clue. I have no clue how long I'm going. But Steve is a pretty big guy. When he rushes the stage, I'm done. Okay? So, how many minutes? 27 minutes. Okay, that means Steve gave me 30. I got three more minutes. All right. So, no, I'm joking. I'm in a relationship with food. And it was complicated. Food was my idol. I just tell it like it is. Food was my idol. It determined I would eat food and while I'm eating food would be thinking about my next meal. And while I'm eating that meal, guess what I'm talking about? Food. And when I go home and watch TV, guess what network I'm watching? No, not football. Food. The Food Channel. Chopped. Whatever there, you know, the best thing I ever ate. You know, and I was like, I just ate that today, right? I kid you not. That's when it became a spiritual issue, not an issue of taste. And so I started this journey. I, I said, you know, my wife's going to get healthy. I'm going to get healthy. And I started realizing if I'm going to get healthy both spiritually and physically because everything is connected, I've got to change my God. And you're like, but you're a preacher. We all have idols in our lives if we're not careful. And so... I started realizing, man, food determines a lot of my, my joy or sadness. Or when I have something good and comforting, it makes me, it makes me feel good. It makes me, and, and I'm not against good food or anything like that. What I'm against is when food becomes more important than our health. I decided to make this decision. I will honor God. This is my big decision. I will honor God and glorify God with my body by being the healthiest I can be. And that was not an easy decision. Because it meant, it meant that I had to change the way I viewed things. It meant that I had to change the way I lived. It meant I had to change. And take control and take responsibility for who I am and where I let myself go. Not just being big. And again, you know, that that's kind of like a for me, and I'll speak for myself, I can't speak for you, I'll speak for myself, I was the heaviest I'd ever gotten. But here's the thing about guys. When we look in the mirror, I don't care how big, small, you look good. That's the thing, that's how God wired us. Man, we look in the mirror, we're just like, you know, it's just more muscle. I am not the only one that gets in front of the mirror and goes like this. Right? It's not bad. It's not bad. A little bit big, but I'm, I'm good. Women, it's just the opposite. Women, you could be in shape, whatever you look at, and you see someone that's fat. That's why it's not about appearance. It's about health. 
Because when I looked in the mirror, I knew I was unhealthy. All I had to do was go to the gym and realize, man, when I, my, my joints hurt, my knee hurt, my elbow hurt, everything hurt, I'd look at a machine and it hurt. I'm like, I'm just not healthy. I got to get healthy. But it's for God's glory and God's honor. And so let me say this. You can't be half-hearted. Your soul must be into it. Your mind must be made up to do your best. And it will take discipline and strength to tell your body what to do. Now let me speak to those who are on a journey of health that you've hit roadblocks and stumbling blocks and, and you've tried medicine, you've tried this and you've tried that and nothing seems to work. Don't give up. Don't give up. But what I would challenge you to do is this. It's the same thing that Nadine had to go through. What if you never get better? Are you at peace with your Lord? Because that is really at the heart of things is what matters. I knew for myself I was not at peace with my God because I had other gods in the way. At some point, you have to be sick and tired enough of being sick and tired to do something about it. And that's where I got spiritual. I'd go off, and, 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 and just so I say it, I don't know, how many have ever gone away for a couple of days on a spiritual retreat just to get with you and God? I would encourage you, if there's something that hits you about this lesson, or if you know, hey man, I've got some idols in my life, I want to encourage you for your own spiritual health, spend some time some deep time with God. Because just saying, I'm going to do it. How many times have we done that? But how many times have we started, I'm going to do it with, I'm going to get with my God. And I'm going to cast all my cares upon, I'm going to get, I'm going to, what are my idols? What are the things that are, what's at the root of everything? Because it starts with God. And that's where I had to get honest with God. God, I'm tired of having something as an idol instead of you as my God. It's not too late to start and it's not too early to begin. We've got some young people. We're all the young people. All right. See, here's the thing. When you're young, we use our health to chase wealth. We're all our more mature people. Okay? Some of you didn't raise your hand because you're kind of like, I don't know, right? I'm, uh, I haven't decided. When we're old, we use our wealth to try to restore our health. See, a lot of, when I, I mean, how many of us thought about health when we were young? We're like, man, you fall off a bridge and you're just like, oh, it's just a, you know, it's just a, I'll rub some dirt on it, I'll be all right. You know, you, you don't think about your health. But speak to someone 20, 30, 40 years your elder, and that's all we think about because that's the first thing we think about. You know, when you, when you step out of bed, you're like, who put those potato chips by my bed? It's that potato. It's your ankle. <laughs> Cracking and creaking. It's your knee. It's your hip. Anybody ever, anybody ever wake up and say, man, I do not even want to put my foot on the ground today. I know something's going to hurt. 
we live with stairs. And I'm just like, who keeps adding stairs to the staircase? Not too young to start, not too old to start, not too, not too uh, young to begin, and it's not too late to start. So let's get down to the brass tacks. Let's get practical. The most practical thing that I can tell you is this. It starts with lordship of Jesus. Starts with lordship. It's all about God's glory, not just about us. It's about God's glory. But I believe this. If we feel good physically, we tend to do better spiritually. That is, that's, you can fight me all you want. That's your filter. Look at what Paul said to Timothy. Stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Even Paul was saying, hey, Timothy, you got a job to do. There is a world that is lost. Now quit just drinking water. Do some other things so you can feel better so you can do your job. I don't think it's any different for us. Now, this isn't a license to go, you know, to go drink a little wine. That's not that's not the point. You're like, Delano told me I got to drink some wine. Okay, you go home, you're 15 years old. Mom, mom, Delano said I should drink some wine and stop drinking water. That that was for Timothy. That was for Timothy. And if your name is Timothy for Timothy in the Bible. Because there's a Timothy out there saying, yes. Okay. Changing your thinking will change your life. This is what I had to do. I used to live to eat. I used to live for the next meal. And I had to change it. We do not live to eat, but we eat to live. Food simply became fuel. Then I had to decide what's the best fuel for my body. My temple or God's temple. What's the best fuel for it? Is it Krispy Kreme? Or... Is it maybe a salad or an apple or a banana made on a conveyor belt made by God? Which one's better? You're like, man, are you telling me I can never have Krispy Kreme? That's not what I'm saying. That's your filter. Because think about it. As soon as you say, I can't have something, what do you want? You want whatever you can't have. Some people say, Delano, are you vegan? I say, nope. Are you vegetarian? Nope. What are you? Right now, I'm hungry, but I just eat whatever I want, but I just don't eat. I eat whatever I want. I just don't eat as much of it. And I make smart choices about what I put in God's temple. Okay? Food is fuel. And I know I can go a lot longer on an apple and a banana than I can on a Krispy Kreme donut. I said, think red. Just some practice. These are just, this is all practical stuff. Rest, exercise, diet. Burning the candle at both ends just leaves you burned out. You got to get rest. And this was something that, you know, sometimes we think there's glory in being tired all the time. There's no glory in that. In fact, that makes your life very unattractive to many people. And sometimes we just need to get some rest. Exercise. I love what my wife says. Something is better than nothing. Sometimes we don't exercise because we can't do it for, you know, hey, I can't go to the gym because I can't be there for an hour. There's nothing magic about an hour. Walk around the block. Do something. 
It's better than nothing. And diet, change your lifestyle, not just your menu. Our life changed. Our lifestyle changed. Our cupboards, do we still have cupboards with our cabinets, all right? Changed. Our shopping changed. We used to go straight to the middle. Well, let me just say this. I used to go straight to the middle of the supermarket. Right? All the stuff that's made on conveyor belts. All the processed stuff. Why? It's fast, it's sugary, it's salty, and it's good. You know where we do most of our shopping now? On the outside. Why? Because it wasn't about a diet. It's about a lifestyle change. See, and, and so I'm not a big fan of diets. Why? Because diets go away. And when the diet goes away, sometimes our convictions go away. If we make it about glorifying God in all things, that doesn't go away. We change our lives to fit our belief. And we believe that Jesus is Lord. More practicals. This is all online. Junk food, real food, sitting, walking, all that stuff. I'm not going to go through that because I'm running out of time. The process of building your conviction starts today. Let me get really, really practical. Number one, before you make a decision leaving here or in your seat or whatever, pray. Pray. Pray and make a big decision. Why? Because the decision you make today after you pray can change the rest of your life. Be alert and rely on God to make the little decisions that support the big decisions daily. I didn't decide I'm just going to be healthy and poof, I'm healthy. I had to make a lot of little decisions in my life to support that big decision to be the healthiest I could be for God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, exercise discipline in managing and carrying out your little decisions. We've been given the power through the Holy Spirit of love uh, the spirit of love, power, and, and, and discipline. So it's not just about self-will, guys. It's about relying on God for all these things. The big decision, I'll honor God and glorify Him with my body by being the healthiest I can be. This is what's available on the app, and this is what's available hard copy outside. I just want to share with you really quickly, before we go into communion, what uh, my big decision was. So this is my decision worksheet. started last April. I will be healthy and not allow food to be an idol in my life. Do you see the connection between physical and spiritual? For me, they were, they were absolutely connected. For you, it might be different. Small decisions. I will eat to live and stop living to eat. I will exercise regularly. I will weigh myself daily. And yes, I do. You say, why? It's not about the weight, but weight is a good indication. Okay? It's a, it's, it's a good indication for me in my situation. Disciplines and actions needed to fulfill my big decisions. I will eat healthy and nutritious food and limit junk to rare occasions and small portions. Do I still eat some cake and stuff like that? Yes, I do. I will go to the gym five to six times. I should have corrected that. Three to five. Okay, five to six times a week. Sometimes I hit five to six. Sometimes I'm at four, but something is better than nothing. I will eat only when I'm hungry and not out of emotion and boredom. You know, that's one of the hardest things to do. Late night, when you're tired, you, you, you put in a long day. You deserve that ice cream. You deserve that, right? Not if you're not hungry. Accountability partners. It will not work if you don't share this with someone to help you be accountable. 
Now, let me just explain accountability. Accountability isn't getting you to do something that you don't want to do. Accountability is helping you to accomplish something that you stated that you want to do. Does that make sense? So if you go and get an accountability partner, it is not their responsibility that you be healthy. It's your responsibility. They're just there to encourage you and to help you. Hey, is that sixth donut really necessary? Leave me alone. Hey, man, I'm supposed to be helping you. First accountability partner is my wife. My wife, in, in, in many ways, kept saying, hey, babe, do you really need that? Do you really need that? Do you really need that? And I would say, yes, I do. I had to repent. She's now my accountability partner. And I meet with several men in the morning, different days in the morning, and we talk about, we talk about it. This is really important. How will it change your life? My joy will rest in God and not in what I eat. I'll be healthier, happier, and feel better. And all that came true. And I'm still living that. And I'm still living this big decision. And I want to bring us back to the cross. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, the gospel, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. I don't know what your filters have allowed you to hear this morning. But if you feel like there's any area of your life spiritually that is unhealthy, I want you to go before the cross and take it before the Lord today. Because see, our motivation isn't to look good in the mirror. Our motivation is to glorify our Lord and Savior. If there are areas physically in your life where you know you are unhealthy, then I want to challenge you. Get before the Lord in the cross. And be motivated by the gospel. This is his temple. Bought at a price. Jesus Christ dying for our sins. Raising again from the dead. So that we can have the opportunity to live for him and not for ourselves. And I believe that God wants us to be our best. Not just for ourselves, but for him. And if it means being healthier spiritually. If it means being healthier physically. Then so be it. But at the end of the day, we want to be able to say, God, I glorify you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know that a lot has been said. A lot has been shared. God, and I pray that you can just be with us. We're all in different spots, but you know exactly where we are. Father, you know where we are spiritually. You know where we are physically. You know where we are mentally and emotionally. Father, you know the filters and and you know the hurts and the pains and the failures and the successes. Father, we just come before you, laying it all at the foot of the cross. And God, we, we look to you for strength to make those big decisions in our lives. And we look to you for the discipline, for the power, and the progress. Father, we do it all for you because of what you have done for us through Jesus on the cross. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.